Oh shit, Max, do you hear that? Yeah, bro, what is it? It's, uh, I think that's the Oh Fuck, We're Fucked horn. Oh, yeah, the one that they play when Russia shoots missiles at us. Yeah, we should probably, uh, get into that cement wall podcast studio that we usually, uh, record in. Oh, for sure. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, with that, now that we're, you know, waiting for our impending doom... Let's let's uh get into the Thought Junkie podcast episode four. There's no fresh water in here. You know what? We're gonna look past that. I see you sitting over there with uh with half a cup of like sparkling water over there. That's all we got. We got rash in that. The one that I got from Fresh. Yeah. So so uh, first of all, it feels good to be back in this room after a week long break. I know spring break. Did you uh? I know I know you did something fun. Yeah. You uh you went overseas? Yeah. Yeah, I went to Spain. How was that? It was cool. It's it's an interesting country for sure. It's uh, a little odd, but how so? I mean, I know that like just being in any foreign country doesn't feel like natural. So it's weird because I was in Barcelona, which is like a big international city. Yeah. But like cities, so anywhere you go, if it's like a big international, like global type city, they're all kind of, like kind of the same, so like I didn't feel like out of my element walking around. Gotcha. Like, cause all the stores are the same, or not like they're not the same brand, but it's all like the kind of like the same idea. ATMs aren't any different. Yeah. So all the hardware essentially and all the stuff is the same, and then like you get in there and you're like, all right, I want to buy a bag of chips, and then the dude starts speaking Spanish to you, and you're like, oh. <laughs> you're like that's where the difference is. <laughs> so now I'm in another country. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I think bottom line, glad to have you back. Yeah. Glad to be here. Uh, to be I here. wish it was under better circumstances, but as of right now, our theoretical mich- missiles are approaching at a rapid pace yeah. from Russia, who's just declared war on this podcast. And uh, I want to talk about nukes today. That's my that's my segue. Cool, because nukes are. It's kind of like 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 sharks and lions, you know, like they're animals of like great power, mm. and like if you like poked them, they could kill you. Uh, that's kind of how nukes feel to me. Kind of just like these beasts of like unbridled or unrivaled power. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't I don't I wouldn't really see it as a beast. It's just kind of like a warhead with like an extremely potent like power inside of it. But like, I mean it. When you think about, I could definitely see how you would make that uh, that comparison there because the just the immense power that these things have. Mm-hmm. Like if you drop one on New York City, it's a wrap. <laughs> Nobody makes it out. Everybody's yeah. instantly incinerated. Well, it, it depends on the, the size too. I know that like a one, if if I get this these facts right, a one megaton bomb will you like literally unless they get like immediate medical help, incinerate people within eight kilometers of it being dropped. And that's one megaton. But the Ooh. largest nuke that we have made is 50. So you're looking at about, uh, quick math, 400 kilometers <laughs> of, of instant just evaporation on New York City. Now, since I'm a peasant, I need you to translate for, what is it, 400 kilometers? Yeah, 400, 400 kilometers. 400 kilometers to miles. <laughs> Let me... Uh, Quickly consult my wisdom generator here. Uh, I'm still on the king's measurement. The king's measurement. It, so you're, you're looking at about 250 miles. Two, oh, my God. Goodbye, Rochester. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like You're looking at 
a lot of, uh, well, pretty much all of New York and the surrounding states gone, correct? <laughs> no more Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> no more Connecticut. <laughs> and, and that's the pretty part of the U.S. too, like Vermont and like, you know, Maine and stuff like that. But no, th- that's, I mean, granted, that's worst case scenario too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like. There are What's uh, best case scenario regarding nuclear warheads. We don't shoot <laughs> it them. It goes off in Idaho. <laughs> That's best case scenario. Some place where it's like, oh fuck, where's Montana? Like one dude in a cabin will die, and that's it. <laughs> and then maybe a couple like vultures. Like that's it. <laughs> like like that's the total casualty counts. Like nine vultures and one guy, and that's it. Nine vultures and a hermit. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's it's wild too because like. I mean, that's best case scenario. But the the other crazy thing to me about nukes is that like the environmental factor on like their detonation is ridiculously high. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I looked into this because I, I knew we were going to talk about this. If Pakistan and I believe India went to war, they have some of the all over uh, Kashmir, bro. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> so let, let let's say let's say Kashmir gets out of hand. Let's say, uh, you know, India's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're we're, <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going we're going to forget Gandhi and everything he taught. We're just we're just going to nuke you. Oh, <laughs> uh, they each have about fifty nukes in their arsenal, which means a hundred nukes would go off if they used up their entire arsenal, right? That enough will put, I believe, five kilotons of black carbon in the air. Kilotons or megatons, one of the two. Okay. Uh, and then, <laughs> I'm sure I, there's a massive difference between oh yeah. those. But there are there are science majors listening. They're like, Ugh. we're not nuclear physicists. <laughs> but uh, there's there's a big number of carbon <laughs> that will that will go into the air, uh, and the global temperature will raise. God, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> Max just pulled chocolate rain and just is like <laughs> away from the mic. But uh. But it will raise the global temperature five degrees and uh, cut rainfall uh, enough to have global droughts. Cut rainfall. Like, like, like annual rainfall averages will, will all go down um, around the entire world. Uh, the entire world? Yes. Or like no, not just the a area. certain like longitude or latitude. No, the, the entire world because it's atmospheric. As far as I am aware. Again, not the biggest science guy. But God diddly damn, the, the, those are the results, and the, those crazy. aren't even those aren't even nuclear superpowers That's going. That's crazy. In. Yeah, well, I, I think the whole nuclear superpower thing is redundant because India has just as much power as the United States does, as long as they have like two. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> because two is all it takes to change the global power scale. I, I think the, the number is, is ten. Uh, like you need at least ten nukes to be considered a, a nuclear threat. Any more is just the same as having ten. So how are you not a nuclear threat if you have two hydrogen missiles? Well, I mean, like, you could probably do some serious damage, but yeah. against Sky West 10. You shoot the capital and the backup capital, <laughs> and then bam. Well, I, I think I'm just saying that in terms of, like, destroying, uh, li- li- like, the space of a country. Because, like, it's not really just the nuke that's so bad. The explosion, it's the fallout and the uh, the the... Uh, the atmospheric pressure difference when it explodes creates massive winds that destroy, like, and make things go down to rubble. 
And so it's it's that. So I think ten large nukes oh, will cover most of the country. Yeah, gotcha. at least the civilized area. Like we don't need to like nuke like the northern part of Russia if we're like you know retaliating against a strike I, there. I see what you're saying. So you're talking about that whole like. You want to totally incinerate the other country? Yeah. Let, let, Is that the strategy? Yeah, like, if I just wanted to, like, select a country and just press, like, the delete button on a computer, like, 10 nukes. So, like, if you're shooting at the U.S., you'd be, like, New York, D.C., Philly, L.A. Then you got to start picking, like, weird, like, Kansas City, <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans, <laughs> like, I don't know, uh, Boulder, <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Lubbock, Texas, where are you going to shoot these? <laughs> oh, damn, it's the great bombing of Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> oh, no. 30,000 people down the train. But, uh, no, I, I mean, it's just, it's relatively ridiculous. And considering that I believe current numbers say that U.S. and Russia each have uh, 600 or 6,000, 6,500 nukes each, that is, uh, that's blowing up the world many times over. Yeah. And I don't really get the point of that. What do you mean? I I don't know. I I guess I never really understood nuclear warfare from the get-go, like especially Well, I guess when you're talking about World War II, the United States did it first so that nobody else would do it. <laughs> they kind of did it and they're like, "Uh-oh, like we don't regret our decision, but don't do that." Yeah, like it was kind I mean, I get the impression that it was kind of like they they wanted to be the first to do it so that it didn't happen to them. Yeah, because like I mean, Germany was on their way to pulling that pulling that off. On oh, the, really? Yeah, that's why they um they uh all of uh did you know that after the war um after World War Two, like a bunch of Nazi scientists they were like all just pardoned and brought to the United States to be scientists. Like, people who committed horrendous war crimes. Really? They were like, oh, you're a smart guy. Come over here. <laughs> like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> it was you're, that guy's fault. You're an American now, and you were born and raised yeah, in Texas. Yeah, change your name. You're like, like Hans, I don't know, Wolfgang. <laughs> Got a thick German accent. <laughs> They'll change you to, like, Hank Wolf. <laughs> but like, they put, like, cowboy boots on him, and he's like, there you go. Yeah. Then they scooch you into some place, like, I don't know, like, Austin, Texas, or... Where Houston, no, Houston, Texas, where NASA is or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, like, they just pardon all those folks so that we had that brain power? Pretty much, yeah. Like, that, to people who committed, like, the worst of worst crimes, they were like, well, you're smart, so you're good. Jeez, man. And that, and that like, and there were tons of stuff that the Nazis and uh, the, the Japanese were doing during the World War II that was ridiculous, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that, uh, so, so call me a nerd, right? Yeah. But if if you follow the – that's fine. As long as it's established already. But if you follow the, the backstory to the whole, like, Call of Duty Zombies series, it's <laughs> actually – okay, I see you laughing. I know you're a history guy. I know you're cringing, right? But but get this. I've, I've actually done some research into it because, like, you know, you have those late nights where you get into, like, YouTube, like, black holes. It's all – the uh, the the whole thing that reanimates zombies is Element 115, right? It's Unan Pentium. Yeah. And – it was based on uh, the Nazis actually trying to use uh, chemicals to reanimate dead cells. So they would take dead soldiers and stuff like that, and they were trying to play God and reanimate these these soldiers. Because yeah. yeah. if, if they had invincible soldiers, they couldn't lose the war. And that was kind of like a far-end uh, type of science that they were doing. No, to try for sure. They, uh, 
Uh, they just eventually settled on giving them all cocaine and anabolic steroids. But um, the, uh, I mean, the Nazis had like some crazy technology. Like, imagine being, uh, you're like walking through a town in Britain, mm-hmm. and like you're used to like you can get to the air raid bunker in time if like you hear the planes and the sirens go off or whatever. Yeah, V two rocket just flies across the continent, <laughs> blows up your house. You're like, damn, no, t- no time to prepare. <laughs> Is is that your reaction? It would just be, damn. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> they got this thing down. <laughs> no, that, it's just, I don't think people realize how advanced the, the Nazis were come World War II. Like, I mean, had they uh, been able to continue their research and their, their war efforts, I mean, things wouldn't have looked uh, super good considering how mu- many scientific advances they were making. Yeah, um... The problem is, is they decided to open up two fronts. Yeah. That was their biggest issue. And then they ended up in, like, a three-front situation because the United States came up through Italy, too. Yeah. And then so. there was, like, the whole, like, African front, too. And I think they were, they were going through Spain, too, correct? Or am I incorrect? No, the, Spain was fascist, so okay. they wouldn't have allowed any Allied soldiers through there. Gotcha. Spain was busy killing its own citizens during that time period. Well, we'll do this ourselves. <laughs> but, uh, but no, and, and then granted... I mean, ironically, the U.S. fought on two fronts as well because they fought, well, three fronts if you count Italy. It's, you know, they traveled through France, Italy, and then they also fought in uh, uh, the Pacific region, correct? Yeah, well, I, they call it, what do they call it for World War II? Because World War II was a more global war than World War I was in the sense that, like, there weren't really, like, fronts because there weren't lines. So I, I, used, I used the wrong uh, language there when I said fronts. They, I think they used theaters. Yeah, is the like the Pacific theater? And That's the like, word I was looking for. Yeah, the war in Europe and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's all just relative to what mm-hmm. people get the point. <laughs> and and it, it's really interesting too because now that we're talking about World War Two, we can talk about you know, Tyre News that decision to drop the bomb too, and that was uh, the more and more you learn about that, the more and more of a difficult decision it was to make. I feel like. Yeah, because what. I'm trying to remember what the numbers were, but they estimated that the United States was going to lose another more than a million trying to take the main island of Japan. Yeah. Because Jap- Japanese culture at the time was like, look, we're dying before you win. Yeah. You know, like it, it, you're going to have to kill us all if you're going to if you're going to win. Yeah. It, it was like rooted in like feudal Japan. Yeah. Uh, still like like that piece of their culture. Well, it's it's it was a weird situation for Japan because they industrialized so quickly, but they did not socially advance as quickly. So gotcha. like, Japan was still had it's, Japan had a shogunate until like the mid late eighteen hundreds. Then they installed they reinstalled the emperor, which was like an old system of government. Yeah. So they went from an old system of government to an older system of government. Yeah. And then they inv- uh, inv- or invested heavily in, um, like, infrastructure and their military and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They started taking little islands. Then they decided to take Korea. Then they won a war against Russia. And then they, mm-hmm. you know, took a couple of other islands to invaded the Manchurian Strip. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. But, like, the, so they became, like, a really modern military superpower in, over the course of, like, 40 years whereas some nations had been building for hundreds you mm-hmm. know so they they didn't really like i don't want to say they didn't socially advance because they definitely did but like they just kind of like 
yeah. like you know people that's in their same same lifetime that like they went from like samurai swords killing each other in the streets to like you know we got like a, a you know machine guns and we're fighting americans in the philippines like yeah. that kind of stuff you know and that's a lot for one culture to adapt to i mean like not everything adapts at the same pace i mean it's, it's easy to innovate with military because you have to just adopt the new the hardware and the tactics but yeah it takes a lot more time to enact social and cultural change too oh for sure and that and that makes it really interesting that the position that the us was in was to either uh you know, drop the bomb or keep trying to butt your head against a brick wall, you know? Yeah. No, it's definitely was not an easy choice to make. Um, but, yeah, they they decided to drop the bombs, and, uh, and then we had the Cold War, which was all, you know, in America, they were like, oh, get under your desk, you'll be fine. But <laughs> I thought that was so, so dumb. Like, they would tell... That that's that's like your way of keeping the public calm. They're like, well, all you need to do is dive in a ditch or jump it. Like, no, that is yeah. not gonna help you. <laughs> Hide below your tractor. Yeah, like what? No, that tractor is gonna get thrown off of you by the force of that explosion. It's going to be evaporated. Yeah, like it, like like you will be dust below tractor dust. But like, I feel like, yeah, I guess you'd have a hard time. Well, the government wasn't telling anybody anything in the 1900s. Also. Gotcha. I, they still aren't, but like they have to tell us some stuff because of those uh, public records laws and what's the yeah the FOIA Freedom of Information Act. yeah Freedom of Information Act um but uh yeah I always thought that was funny they're like yeah dive under your desk like no that desk is gonna get incinerated and so is the kid <laughs> well I don't even think that and you might agree that it wasn't even for safety it was just so that like. If first of all, if if there was a nuke drop, people would be running in the streets. Mass panic, yeah. Yeah, it was trying to it's trying to keep people under control mm-hmm. and make sure that people didn't just like flip the fuck out. Yeah. Even though they kind of did. Right. But like, I mean, it's easier for, you know, a mother or a, or a father to send their kid to school and know that, hey, they have a desk that will keep them safe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, and people that built like fallout shelters too, yeah. in, like the what was it like, like like during the Cold War? It, it was ridiculous too, like like cement bunkers. Uh, I know that apparently fallout will drop to, so it's it's unsafe at almost any level. Yeah. But after two weeks of a bomb dropping, it drops down to like one percent of the original value, and okay. that's when it's kind of okay to come out. Yeah. Like you'll still probably get like tumors and cancer later on if you're like unlucky. In like fifty years. Or yeah. like in like forty. Uh, probably 20. like 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 later in your life, if anything, it's it's not guaranteed. I think that like if you're like at a long distance exposure or like you have like eminent exposure to it, like after those two weeks, then you're looking at like more long term stuff. Like I think it's like one in four people will experience a higher risk of cancer or like uh, mutations in kids and stuff. Okay. But uh, so like we can definitely survive. Yeah, but a nuclear well. When I say we, I mean like ten percent of us can survive a yeah. nuclear holocaust. I mean it's practically ruling a die, but like the, your odds are increased depending on how well you prepare. So if you have just like you know a cement room underground that's stocked with food and and water, you and, can and make stuff. it two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. You're you can go out. Well, I don't know what food you're gonna find after yeah. that. That's when you t- you know you start playing that Bethesda game Fallout. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where you get into that. But um, uh, yeah, I think that's oh, that's so weird to think about. Can you imagine coming out of there 
and there being nothing. Because depending on how close you were to the explosion, right? If you were within, you know, uh, let's say in terms of miles, I'm just going to estimate here, like maybe 25 miles of the explosion or so. Of a one megaton? Uh, yeah, let's say, let's say like, like a one to five megaton bomb. Mm-hmm. So something really small. I mean, you're going to walk up and there's going to be rubble around you. Yeah. I mean, it's literally going to look at like like the Fallout game where there's like buildings that are pretty much like, you know, beaten over. The farther you get, like you'll lose windows and you'll lose some walls, but they'll still be somewhat intact. It's, I mean, from the radius of which it's dropped, that's where you're going to see the effects like yeah. based off of how far you are from it. But it's, uh, yeah, when you come up, it's either you have to make it to a place where a bomb hasn't dropped or like have an underground farm or something, dude. So you got to like... Well, I mean, it also depends on where you are, too. The The biggest problem with the United States is that a lot of places are military targets or uh, would-be nuclear targets. Yeah. Like, even, like, the, the Midwest and the West isn't really spared mm-hmm. in that sense, like, because they're obviously going to go for population decimation. So New York and L.A., D.C. Chicago. Florida. Um, I don't know if they'd go for Chicago. No, I think they would. It, it's, it's a hub for commerce, trade, uh, travel. Yeah, third largest might. city in the U.S. They might, yeah. Because I was talking with, uh, I think my girlfriend, you know, uh, who's still back there. Uh, I, I, I think I forget who it was. I think it was her, but it was someone who was back in Chicago at the time when you she know. She's my girlfriend, right? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's only been like three years, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we were talking, and I'm like, okay, like you know, like if they dropped a nuke on Chicago, like yeah. my family would be like, like pretty much fucked. Like that's it. Like she, my family, like they'd be all gone. And I'm like, well, I, I'd be safe across the river, but I'd be, I'd be pretty, lo- or across the lake, I'd be pretty lonely though. <laughs> But then I'm like, no, I probably wouldn't survive because the winds travel across Lake Michigan. Yeah. And so I'd be just as fucked. I'd just have a little bit extra time to hide under my safety desk. Yeah, it also depends on how win- quick those winds travel because it could take a couple of days for the fallout to get there. And by that time, everybody would be on the eastern side of Michigan <laughs> just hanging out <laughs> for like a couple weeks and yeah. they'd go back over. Um, but... uh. Yeah, so like the I think the safe places would be like I don't know if you think about it like the east side of Michigan, Upper Peninsula, yeah. Wisconsin, Minnesota, Montana. Who who in their right mind would bomb Wisconsin? Yeah, I gotta protect that cheese, bro. Um, like, but then like I'm sure Wyoming, Colorado. Well, because no rads in Colorado. Yeah, the, the that's. I don't even know what goes on there. But, like, they also have that, that Air Force base that's, like, built into the side of a mountain. Yeah. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff in Colorado. But they uh, – Idaho, like, I'm sure those are all targets mainly because I'm sure that's where all of our silos are. Yeah. <laughs> like, because, you know, we, we've – our experience has been living in and around and traveling to pretty well-populated areas of the United States. Yeah. But, like, we haven't really gone out there. And, like, you never see a missile silo around. Yeah, no. Yeah. But, like, in I'm sure there's, like, plenty out there. Like, I'm sh- in, like, the Dakotas, dude, for sure they've just yeah. got, like, 40 of them built mm-hmm. into the foothills. You yeah, know? makes sense. Well, I think the other factor, too, is, is if someone was to, was to nuke the U.S., they'd have to pay real close attention to, like, incoming weather patterns because you want to hit something uh, – because there are lots of jet streams that connect the U.S. to Canada, too. You don't want to hit that and have fallout 
go into the jet stream and affect Canada too. Oh, because then Canada is going to shoot some at you. <laughs> exactly. So, so you want to make sure that you know whatever weather patterns won't bring fallout or radiation anywhere else that you don't want it to go. Oh, interesting. Or it could even like let's say you're Russia, it could blow back onto Eastern Russia. Potentially, yes. Yeah, because I'm sure there's there's all kinds of nuclear silos up in Alaska too, mm-hmm. because of its you know its location. I think one of our anti missile systems is up there too. Yeah. So, for sure, like that could definitely like blow back. It could decimate Korea, Japan, like because yeah. that's. I mean, that's all pretty close if you think about it. Like Alaska, that Bering Strait, and yeah, East Russia and Korea. It's yeah, not terribly far. Maps don't do it justice, but yeah, it's it's closer than people would yeah. think. But like then, once you get to like traveling from L.A. to Shanghai, that's when you get like a twenty-five hour flight. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's a it's interesting too because it's just that uh, I, I believe it would take. Oh, well, it depends where the missile is shot from. Yeah, uh, but it could take as little as fifteen minutes for a missile from, let's say, like North Korea to hit like. California, I believe. I'd have, I'd have to check my facts on that. But 15 minutes to like have a military yeah. be mobilized and shoot down that missile before it gets anywhere close. And they miss all the time. Yeah, like, th- they did like a test a couple years ago, and they like had like three phony ones, and like uh-huh. they only hit one of them. <laughs> They're like, yeah, maybe maybe 25 percent chance is yeah. all right. That's why you make like all fucking like thousand of those anti-missile things to sh- and you shoot them all and hope that one of them hits it. People, people in California are like, only 10 <laughs> percent. <laughs> exactly. U.S. is like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, on the bad day, it's four. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's just too quick for people to like do stuff, you know. At that point, it's just like, you know, you, you have to have a conversation about, like, will this desk actually save me? For sure, no. For sure, no. No no shot. No, it's it's uh, it's wild. And that's why we need Star Wars. Not like the, the comic or, or, like, the movie series or video game series Star Wars. I'm talking about, like, the OG Star Wars, like, space missile defense system where we put, like, a barrier over the U.S., Remember that? Did you learn about that in history class? And what the uh, the a barrier over the United States? Yeah, from what I remember throughout from my history class during the Cold War, uh, they thought it would be possible to develop pretty much the equivalent of like a force field over the U.S. that would destroy missiles as they entered our airspace. Also, incoming planes. <laughs> yeah. No, planes are cool. We don't have to worry about planes. Yeah, I don't think that's realistic, though, because then, uh, depending on the timing, you just shoot a missile according to when, like, certain planes are going to be going through, and then they can't because it's a humanitarian crisis, yeah. but then it's another humanitarian crisis. and Yeah, but, I mean, granted, it was super far-fetched, but, like, yeah. the original name was Star Wars, and I believe they'd have some sort of satellite system or whatever that would hover Activated. over the, the U.S., yeah. and it would just be a fucking bubble, yeah. an anti-bullshit bubble. And uh, that would protect us from nukes and missiles and all of our adversaries, and we'd just be a utopia again. Yeah. Could we leave that on so that, like, then, like, our app, like, how much oxygen do we have if we turn that on in oh, the United States? See, how much carbon gathers in the in the top of that bubble? See, I, I don't think that they thought even that far ahead. I think it was probably just a kid who was like, hey, let's put a bubble y'all over s- the U.S. Y'all seen this movie? <laughs> And the president's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. We'll put like one. Reagan was like, look into it. <laughs> we'll put one pardoned Nazi scientist on it. 
<laughs> that's right. See, and if not that, I mean, the modern day too, Space Force. You heard about that? Yeah, I've heard about Space Force. I mean, we, we could just use Space Force. If we have a missile system like, uh, you know, in space, it's all we got to do is, is we see something coming. It's easier to launch something from space as far as I'm aware, correct? No, not no, at all. Not. No. <laughs> really? It would not be easier to defend from missiles from space. You sure? It would just be a guy in a spacesuit, like, just pushing something with no gravity. You know, it would start picking up speed as it moved towards the U.S. Just give the, give a big missile a shove. That's yeah, it. no. The, the, you can't... The physics of all of that, I've had this conversation with our buddy Mikey, who we want to bring on and have yeah. a space talk, but... You, you, um, you good? I lost one of the earbuds in my headphones. Oh, man. It's unfortunate. Um, it's probably in my bed. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like, you you don't... The last thing you would want to do is try and, like, use weapons from space because it takes forever and it's completely unrealistic and insanely expensive. Like, really? we would go bankrupt trying to build a, an anti-missile defense system and it would be way less efficient than anything that's ground to air. Interesting. You wouldn't have thought that, though. Yeah. At least, like, like lay people. I bet, like, you know, physicists are like, no no shit, stupid. Well, you remember uh, Call of Duty Ghosts? Yeah. Did you ever play that campaign? Yeah, where they with the Yeah, they dropped those essentially metal rods and they create earthquake. That's, like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. Grant, granted, it, it's Call of Duty, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you're not going to expect. You're going to, like, shake a neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Though, though that does bring some serious potentials for nukes back into conversation too because you can make tsunamis and earthquakes and you can destroy environment you can use the oh for sure yeah for sure i mean hell as of right now we make artificial snow in certain places and that's to me that's mind-boggling it's like it's like we can control the weather like that you know you know you're putting chemtrails in the air and chemicals in no, the water there no chemtrails in the air we're not doing that it's the fluoride in the water that's <laughs> making the frogs gay oh my god Shout out to Alex Jones. We're not doing this. <laughs> oh, come on now. It's not a podcast without an Alex Jones. It turns reference. the freaking frogs gay. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and dub you over with uh, Alex Jones's original voice over that. Hands down. He's such an aggressive person. Like what? Calm down. <laughs> Why aren't you yelling? Why is he always yelling? I, I think the best part, too, is that uh, on his show, I believe he has an audio format too, so like oh, you can't really? see what he's what he's saying. I, I don't watch it actively at all. I've just seen like small clips. <laughs> I don't think you can watch it anymore. I don't yeah. think it's like a. a you got taken off of YouTube, I think. You got taken off of YouTube. You got taken off of Twitter. Like everybody took it down. But hands down, my, my my favorite clip I've seen is he's just getting riled up over like I don't know whatever politics or like gay frogs or something like that. Yeah, and he just like stands up. He literally rips off his. Oh shirt. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, he's. Totally, like, it's totally an act. That's the one thing is, like, people think that he's, uh, like, uh, for sure, like, his, what he says could, like, incite violence and, like, make people crazy. But, like, that's because those people are dumb enough to, like, <laughs> think that he's not, like, it's totally an act. Like, yeah. he, it's it's just his shtick. Like, it's how he gets views and, you know, yeah, like, there's no way that, like... Uh, I don't know. I just people, you know, dumb people fall for dumb shit and dumb gimmicks. So, mm-hmm. though, if you've if you've uh, heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast, I recommend if you haven't. Which one, the first or second? I think the second. Oh, I watched that live, the whole thing. Really? Yeah, of course I did. Because he he was talking about I think alien civilizations and like alternate dimensions. Stop it! <laughs> and and Stop. dude, 
he was talking about how there might be like other dimensions and how uh, there, there's like other life out there. And and Joe Rogan sitting back in his chair and he's like, so uh, can you show me your sources on this? He's he's like it's like it's it's, uh, it's government documents. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah, he's like he's like it's all beyond classified. He's like, like, he's like I'll give you some books of some uh, leaked documents. Yeah, and go then, fuck yourself. And Joe, Joe <laughs> Rogan's like, can I? Google this? Yeah. Alex Jones is like, no, no, it's uh, some uh, one of my hippie friends. Yeah, uh, no, it's all it's all University of Texas Austin, uh, you know, information like. Uh, but it's uh, like you went to UT like community college, you didn't go to like UT Austin. Your dad went. <laughs> well, I think the best part is is like I think there's a third guy there. I forgot what he said, but he's kind of just like, like, like oh a Eddie Bravo. He's like a I think he's a jujitsu master, something like mm-hmm. that. But hands down, I watched the video version of it. I didn't, I didn't listen to it. Yeah. And Joe's sitting there with like wide eyes. He's probably high as fuck too. Well, well probably that. <laughs> but but but, but he, he's he's like because Alex Jones is just talking, dude. It's, it's like for five minutes straight, he's just going at it. And Joe's like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> he's on my podcast spewing this shit. Oh my god! And I can't do anything. I can't mute his mic. That's so. That's so bizarre. And then what a tough position to be in, especially because I think my understanding, I think Joe says that they're like friends before or something like that. So I guess that's a tough position to be in when somebody just gets publicly destroyed. Like think about that for like a lot of people who are friends with like, uh, you know, a lot of people who get publicly ridiculed now or stuff like that. Like what if your best friend was Bill Cosby? Oh, man. I, see, I, I'd probably punch him in the nose. I'd be like, "Why'd you do that, stupid? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you?" See, it's difficult too because, like, with friends, you have a certain amount of like forgiveness and like you know their experiences. But when you do something that fucking stupid, yeah, it's like, like it, it, it kind of surpasses friendship and goes, "Okay, you are not who I thought you were." Yeah, yeah. So like, I I don't know. That's like a tough position to be in, especially for a person like Joe Rogan who does. You know, the whole premise of his podcast is, like, all information and, like, views and stuff like that is is welcome. Yeah. Which I think is cool, but it puts Mm -hmm. you in a tough spot. Yeah. Uh, I also just checked on something, too, uh, while we had had our discussion. Mm -hmm. And uh, we mentioned a couple weeks back that, hey, if you have any ideas, reach out to us on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I just remembered where we got this you know, nuclear fallout idea from mm-hmm. comes from our good friend Kyle Grizel. Oh, sent us a me- message on Twitter, inspired this conversation. So yeah. thank you, Kyle. Thank you for listening. Uh, we love you, Kyle. Love you, bud. Uh, but he did pose another question I, I want to touch on. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind shifting the Not conversation a little bit, because uh, it does have to do with education uh, a little bit. He goes. Uh, so looking at post-apocalyptic, you know, fallout situation. Yeah. He goes, would it be chaos or would people be educated enough to know that they should cooperate to survive? For sure, chaos. For sure. You think so? No doubt would be absolute chaos, at least in the United States. We already, we, we're in peacetime right now and we don't value education. We cut education funding and we have destroyed our education system. We leave all the poor kids in the public schools and other kids go out to private schools or suburban schools that receive all the funding. It's We already hate our educational system, so... Why would we focus on, like, why would after a nuclear holocaust, would we be like, yeah, education? Like, no, people are going to be, like, worried about getting canned goods and stuff, and they'll be shooting each other over a can of beans. 
See, it, it does make me think of like The Walking Dead or other like apocalyptic shows, like maybe like Mad Max or something yeah. like that. But uh, I would disagree with you. I think that there would be, uh, it would revert back to old uh, kind of hit, like like historic uh, civilizations where you kind of have your like uh, communal like people who move like the tribe like hunter gatherers who uh, like the nomads, mm-hmm. and then you have like people the Turks who, and the Mongols exactly, and then you have people who would settle down and have and try and go for a sustainable civilization with a hierarchy. So let me. The only other example that we have of kind of like an a massive civilization where like something terrible happens and you kind of end up in this apocalyptic situation for them was apocalyptic. But like, you know, like a situation where like a, an entire civilization collapses, you know, yeah. the last example that I can think of that would be Rome okay. when it was invaded by the barbarians and completely like. You know, just kind of like broken up and stuff. Yeah, they went into the dark ages, bro. <laughs> really? <laughs> like for yeah, if, yeah. Like a post post Roman empires, they go into the dark ages, and they're like throwing people in the river. Then they're like, if she sinks, she's a you know a person. If she floats, she's a witch, <laughs> and we yeah. should kill her anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that's the kind of shit that happened the last time like a major civilization collapsed like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. So and and that was the Rome was one of the most intelligent, like that you know the 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 engineering and some of the stuff that they were working on you know was extremely intelligent and you know like then they just completely collapsed once you know chaos began it just ensued for hundreds of years until you get to like the you know Middle Ages and stuff like that. Yeah, but see, but my head kind of goes in the opposite direction where it's like before we even had civilization because when we have an apocalyptic situation, in my mind, there is nothing. I mean, there is not going to be food you can grow because the earth is going to be in shambles. There are no buildings. There are no structures in place. There's no government because the government is gone. And I picture that before even civilizations because there, there will be no cities. There will be no towns. There's going to be no communities anymore aside from the people you have in your bunker. Like – before we had established civilizations, you had your nomads, and then you had the people who finally had the chance to settle down because they became communal, you know? You can't be a nomad, though, if there's nothing there. Well, You're I'm, just a, a scavenger exactly. who's, that, that, like, looking for, like, old canned goods. Yeah. Like, you're not – there's no way to, like, be a nomad. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying, like, like modern uh, interpretations of that. So you're looking for, like, raiders – uh, or scavengers, you know, like moving tribes who will go from community to community to, to harvest whatever they have or, uh, you know, move from place to place and not settle down. I guess, but my only problem with that is, like, you said there will be no towns, cities, anything. Like, there are – the United States has, like, really big cities, you know, like New York and L.A., but there are towns all across the country that would not be nuclear targets and would be completely out of the way that have, like, up to like 300,000, 400,000 people who would be perfectly fine. Well, I'm saying extreme situation like cuz cuz this was nuclear like apocalypse is what Kyle proposed. So I'm talking about let's say Russia said, you know, we have they 6, shoot 000. all of them? Yeah, like nobody everything. survives. 
nobody survives if you shoot all of them, bro. You know that. I'm saying, okay, <laughs> let's just say, let's put this. And you in. don't survive after you make it out if they shoot all of them because not, there's nothing to scavenge. You just sit by a, a, a burnt tree and okay. waste away. Let's say hypothetical. <laughs> We're talking like like Fallout or like you know some video game like that or like We're The Walking a Dead. Movie now. No, we really should. But I- I'm talking about like let, let's say just perfect situation. You build a low enough bunker. You, uh, you have enough food to survive the fallout. Yeah. And, and several people have access to this if you've prepared enough. You okay. Know? And between, uh, you know, the, the residual fallout, there's, uh, you know, like different types of burns and radiation you can get depending on how far away you are. Most of the people are are, are killed. You know, say 5% or less of the population. Let's say 1% of the population is still alive because they have access to these bunkers, right? Uh but all like scattered all over the U.S., mm-hmm. so the population yeah. is still there, but it's just very thin. Yeah. So like, it'd be proportional, like more people in New York versus like you know the middle of nowhere, like Montana, because like po- let's say population density stands. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, how would you react? Would New York, the people of New York, work together to try and build a new New York out of like the rubble and try and find buildings that survived better than others and like elect some sort of leadership? Or the people of, like, Montana, like, the very few people that are there gather, realize that there's nothing here, and move from state to state, you know, raiding stuff like that. that. That's what I'm proposing. So in your very niche situation that you've created to support your argument. Yes. <laughs> um, I still I still think that it would be chaos and, like, raiding and stuff like that because I – the, the reason that New York City is founded is because it's a port city. You no longer have ports. You no longer have mass international commerce. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no Wall Street anymore. There's no, like, real estate. Like, all of, like, the economic things that, like, drive us today would be, like, non-existent mm-hmm. any, anymore. Like, so there would be no, like... There's not really any, like, incentive into, like, restarting New York because there's nobody to trade with on Wall Street. There's no place to ship stuff to. It would be way too expensive to, like, take the fuel that you need to, like, make a fire and, like, try and gas up a ship and send it somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's just not really any all of the incentive is like in like forming like a small army and just like taking everything everywhere you go, I mm-hmm. think. See, in my mind, it's like when when people lose everything, they go back to what they can rely on. And that would be the the civilization structure that we've all grown up on in the, mm-hmm. for the past, you know, decades. And I think that's kind of where they would recede to if they had to. You're kind an of like you know, I, admittedly, I am, but I'm trying to think that you know, like, let's say I popped out of my bunker and there's nothing around me. Yeah. Like, like, what would be your purpose? You know, like, like your purpose would be to have some sort of life left. You, you try and build a new house. You try and, you know, amass some sort of like sustainability project. You know, if if you you use the land below ground, like let's say you have clean water and you have irrigation and stuff like that, you can make a small farm in everyone's bunker once they've moved out. Like you're going to have to work together to have some sort of sustainable like food project. Oh, for sure. But then some some dude with a bunch of guns will roll in and he'll be like, you need to give me 50% of this or I kill everyone right now and take 100% of it. Yeah, makes sense. And like he's like, and I'll be back in two weeks, same thing. Yeah. And then that's how you form like a feudal society. <laughs> so I would agree. So, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I think you've, you've poked a hole in my argument. 
you know, I, I'd like to hope it doesn't all... happen often. You're usually pretty iron, iron tight. Oh no, I mean, I still like to hope it would be it would be <laughs> nuclear roses and peaches. Nuclear but... roses and peaches. But uh, I mean, I mean post fallout Georgia, come to the peach farms where we grow nine peaches on one vine <laughs> with tumors on them. <laughs> yeah, they, they grow strawberries off the peaches. Do peaches grow on a vine? No, they grow no, on a tree. Yes, a tree. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> a peach vine. <laughs> Welcome to this here peach vineyard. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. It's like that song Heard Down the Grapevine. Heard down the peach vine. Heard it down the grapevine. Yeah. What? You insult Motown with your Chicago music knowledge. Shame on you. Oh my god. Let me be. You know, it's it's been a long <laughs> past twenty four hours. And Get out of Michigan right now. <laughs> you know what? I'm out of place as it is. <laughs> but uh no. I'm gonna pass the question off to you though. Is there is there anything else on nukes that we didn't cover? You think? Um cause, cause I, I have a thing or two, but Yeah, go for it. I mean I I wanna talk about mad. Mutually Assured Destruction. That was mm. the last thing on my hit list that I really wanted mm. to cover. Yes. Because that topic, when uh, when I learned about that in school, yeah. really intrigued me. The, the fact that there was peace because there was too much of a potential for destruction. Yes. Is, is, it's like an oxymoron. But mm. that, that's how we survived the Cold War. It's because at the end of the day, people want to live, man. I know, but it, it's like to keep peace, we will continue to increase our level of threat, if that makes sense. It's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of like the speak softly, carry the big stick mentality, you know? Yeah, I mean... Oh my god, you can't be yawning, dude. It's like noon. Don't do this to me. I'm sorry. Alright. Um, Continue. The, uh... I, I think with Mad, that whole situation is... It literally just comes down to like... It wasn't even – I don't even think it was about the missiles necessarily or about like that. Because once you build, like like you said, like more than like 20 or something like that, yeah, uh, it's a wrap. So I think it was more just the United States trying to bankrupt Russia. Gotcha. Rather than – because they know that Russia does not have the economy that the United States does. What do you mean by bankrupt them? Like, like how That's so? like what the space race was about. Gotcha. Was just we like there's not really any point to – getting to the moon we just wanted to prove that we could do it before russia could do it yeah and russia spent copious amounts of money on missiles nukes all you know their space program all that stuff and eventually the soviet union went bankrupt because they could not afford to continue to try and keep up with the united states's uh projects yeah no i can see that because it was like two competing superpowers and that that was the kind of situation where you just I guess there's not really much that they could do other than try and keep up because then they would be conceding and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess they're better than us, you know. But, like, yeah. it's – yeah, I, I don't think it was about, like, the mutually assured destruction. I think it was just about trying to bankrupt the Soviet Union. Well, well the other part to me about the – especially, like, the, the tail end of the Cold War was when it was, like, you know, the U.S. has, like, nukes in Turkey mm-hmm. and then Russia moves nukes to Cuba U.S. is like, hey, guys, that, that's off limits. <laughs> and Russia's yeah. like, 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 but you guys have nukes that's in Turkey. Such, that's such an American thing to do is to put nukes in Turkey, and then the Soviet Union puts 
nukes in Cuba, and they're like, "Whoa, you see this? You see? <laughs> you guys see what Russia's doing? That's crazy!" Hey guys, this this is off limits yeah, here. Like, what the heck, man? That's that's totally that's totally a United States thing to do. This is where we draw the line. Yeah, no. I, I think that's the funniest shit too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we we have an odd sense of like what's right in this country. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, not to get like political because I I, so I want to try and keep at least my politics off the show. Yeah, it's it's just it reminds so you guys know Nick is a fascist. No, <laughs> and, well I am Italian. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it reminds me of, like, because I have three younger siblings, like, the whole, like, hey, when the oldest sibling does something like that, the younger sibling wants to do the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, like, like the U.S. goes, hey, I'm going to put nukes here. And then yeah. Russia goes, I'm going to put nukes the same distance away. And the U.S. goes, hey, it's not cool anymore to do that because I did it first. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm older than you. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, the, that's that's such an, an American thing to do. It's like, oh, my God, like, so many people, like, let's say, like, a, a bomb goes off on a subway in New York City. They're like, oh, my God, 40 people died. Like, that's terrible. Like, that's so wrong. But, like, we're shooting drones at wedding parties in, like, Yemen and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, blowing up hospitals in Afghanistan and, like. Well, that's different. Yeah, that's that's different. That's for the cause. No, that that's a. It, I mean, you could probably like talk for another hour just about that alone, but it's a. It, it's interesting too, especially because if you're relating it to to modern politics and international. Oh, you want to talk about how we funded ISIS, <laughs> and okay. Al Qaeda, and okay. all of these. <laughs> I want to talk about Rocket Man. <laughs> I, I want to talk about my man Kim Jong Un. Rocket Man. Well, that, that's what Trump called him over Twitter. Rocket Man. <laughs> And you yelled at me for singing, <laughs> but uh, but no, it, like like that was. I won't lie. I think that there was a point where like we probably felt as Americans the same, not the 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 same degree, but somewhat the same degree, maybe a lesser degree. What Americans felt during the Cold War when like it was released that North Korea had sixty nukes, Kim Jong Un was starving his own people, and he was shooting off missiles over the ocean that could potentially hit the U.S. Doug, I, I've never once in my life been worried about North Korea. Really? Yeah, mainly because they can't sustain war because they don't have an economy or a good farming system. So they can they can shoot nukes. How many of them make it across the oceans? <laughs> another question. And then we'll probably shoot down the rest of them. And then we literally have, I think, the largest foreign detachment of United States soldiers gotcha. is – Pretty much within five feet of the North Korean border. Yeah, it's it's like uh, South Korea and Japan, correct? Yeah. South Korea and Japan. Yeah, like like that's where we have like. Oh large yeah, yeah, bases. yeah. They're all yeah, they're all right in the Pacific, and then we have one of our largest fleets is in the Pacific too. We would be like, dude, we would be, as my buddy Chase says, we would be in between them cheeks like two E's, like 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 that quickly, <laughs> like just. Like we we would be in Pyongyang before like the nightfall. Nukes, yeah, before the nukes hit the ground. Literally, yeah. like it it would be crazy. No, that that's uh, it's interesting you say that though, because like, no, okay, get this though, Kim Jong Un is like doesn't give a fuck about his own people. Yeah. Why would he care if like you just slaughtered his troops, but you already got nukes on the ground? You know, granted, 
I guess, worst slash best case scenario, depending on what side you're on, is he shoots up a nuke, and it's like those like old model rockets that just kind of come right back down with a little parachute on top of where you launched it. Yeah, and I also think, like, I think we have, like, drones that kind of circle around the Korean Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, like, the minute that, like, those, like, missile trucks come out of those caves, <laughs> we'd probably blow them up, like, instantly. Though, actually, as perfect as that sounds, I read somewhere that the biggest threat for, like, nuclear war mm-hmm. is actually in those detection systems because apparently in, like, the 1980s, uh, Russian uh, nuke defense systems thought the Americans were launching a nuke Oh, this is that whole ocean. guy who saved the world? Oh, I, I, I'm not, I haven't heard about, like, the full details, but oh. I know that, like, on the radars, literally solar radiation bouncing off clouds is what triggered it. Yeah, they thought that we sent the whole arsenal. Yeah, yeah. and they're like, they're like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. like, we're done. And then, like, someone's outside. is like, no, it's, it's just it's just sunny outside. No, the so what it was, they call him the guy who, like, saved the world or something like that, but it was a Russian guy who essentially was like, he was like, no, I don't think they would do that. Yeah. Like I, I don't think it. and they were like they were like shoot back, like shoot everything back and he was like, No, like they, they wouldn't do that and then like they didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> or we didn't do it. So like we okay, imagine if Russia just sent everything at the US because of yeah. a cloud. Like that would be the biggest oopsie daisy. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that Russia showed restraint, but I don't think we would have shown restraint. Nope. I think yeah. we would have shot them all back. Yeah, we, we could have had, like, a pigeon hit the White House. We'd be like, fuck them. Yeah. That's it. No, for sure. But um, I think also, you remember, was it, like, last year or two years ago when, like, Hawaii, everybody's, like, phone in Hawaii was, like, nuclear missile incoming. Like, oh, we'll yeah. hit Oahu. Like, and everybody, like, ran into their garages. Like, that was going to happen. Yeah, and, and there was just one guy who, like, pressed the wrong button. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think what came out of that was, like, there was, like, a warning button yeah and there was a test button but they looked like identical or something like that or, or like the programming was yeah. messed up so it was difficult to know which one was which yeah so the guy's like okay like we're just gonna run an internal test like beep okay we've sent the whole hawaii into panic yeah like the hawaiian islands like everybody thought they were gonna die that's got to be freaky yeah um it's kind of like that you remember playing modern warfare 2 uh, Dude, we're all about Call of Duty today, man. <laughs> what's, what's with this? In Modern Warfare 2 in the campaign when they're like, you know, like, I think we're getting some solar flares here. Like, L.A., what's your what's your station? They're like, nothing. Skies are clear, whatever. They're like, Manhattan, we may be having some interfe- interference or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, what's going on over there? He's like, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's like you could you could be in that situation mm-hmm. where like you think it's a solar flare, you yeah. know, and you show restraint, but then you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> and, and I think the other thing I want to touch on related to the guy who set off the far, the false alarm is: yeah. Were you telling me how like the people who like launch nukes are trained? Have you heard about that? No. From, uh, from from what I've been told, if I remember correctly, it is. These people are, like, locked inside, yeah, and they don't know the current status of what's going on in most places. They're just trained to press a button because it's the hardest decision to make is just to press a button to launch a nuke because you know that many people are going to die, right? Yeah. So in some cases, I believe they have, uh, like, like a couple people, and some of the buttons are placebo. Like, they won't do anything. Yeah. But one person assigned at random will press the button to launch it. So they don't know who did it. So that there's no, like, hesitation or pressure. It's like that you put one bullet in the five rifles during an execution. Exactly. That thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so it's something like that because, like, I mean, these people have to be, like, 
like they can't hesitate. If some if one person goes like, "Hey, like I'm going to spare all these people. I don't believe in this cause. Like I'm I'm a political activist, maybe. Yeah. But like I, I'm I work on this job. Like they they will not fly because they could have the button to launch it. You know. Yeah. Whereas you can't have one person either because they can't live with that guilt. No, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like mental training that goes into it. Like these people are like hardened, like you know, like Navy SEAL level. Like they have to like be on their game, you know. Yeah, mental Navy SEALs. Yeah, <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, Navy SEALs are badass as hell. For sure, they weren't really good until after the Vietnam War, though. They kind of got their asses kicked. Everything they did. Oh really? Yeah, you can look into it. I'm, I'm not a military buff. They got their lie. cheeks clapped in Vietnam. Re- <laughs> Damn, I didn't know that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh of Nazis, you know, like snorting cocaine as they're kicking down doors, U.S. and Vietnam. Oh yeah, well, U.S. and Vietnam was all heroin. Oh my bad, misinterpretation. Oh yeah, crazy stuff going on there. But that's a story for another time, for sure. Well, uh, I think that's the end of the hour for yeah, us, Max. I think the fallout's cleared up. You know, you want to well, go I mean, up and take a look. There's no way after an hour, but I'll, I'll pop my head up anyways, <laughs> see what's going on. I'm going to come back down without a face. <laughs> no, I'm going to come back down with light, like looking like a frog or something like that. <laughs> Poke my head up and be like, be like, no, it's all clear. Oh, my God. I just see like purple dots everywhere in the air. <laughs> <laughs> or it's it's like uh, it's like in The Simpsons like where like Homer like dunks his head in like a, you know, like a, a nuclear waste thing and like just comes up with just the skeleton. Still oh, talking. Yeah, this is yeah. cartoon. She's like, no, no, we're all good. Yeah. But uh, no, I think that's it for us. For sure. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And any final call-offs for you? I know on my end, just keep following us on all of our socials. Like I said, uh, we uh, we're on Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, on Twitter, our handle is T Junkie Podcast. We are on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, uh, I think I finally got the tech side figured out, so we'll try and get things up consistently on Fridays moving forward and yeah. kind of messed up. So, no, yeah, pretty much is just keep updated, and it's been fun. It's been a good week, and we're, we're looking forward to doing it next week. Hell yeah, until the uh, the end of you know the school year comes for us, we'll take a little bit of a hiatus, but until then, we're, we're going full speed. Then we'll be back in the fall. And uh, with that... From our minds to your ears, thanks for listening. Thank you!